It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview, let us set the tone like we always do with some music. This is Mighty God from my CD, True Worship. Sit back and enjoy.
Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. I hope you enjoyed Mighty God. Well, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries. Just go to their website, loveministriesbuilds.org. Well, um, I am very excited to welcome a friend of mine to the show. Uh, We are welcoming back Amy Bales. Amy has been a guest on the show one time before when I had a a group of uh, my friends on the show. Amy is a mom of three boys, and she is the wife of Jason Bales. And so Amy and I have something um, that we just went through this past week. (laughs) And so I invited her to come on the show and we're going to have this discussion. Uh, We both dropped off our firstborn children uh, at college for the first time. Amy dropped off Silas um, in Oklahoma and I dropped off uh, Naomi in Nacogdoches. And so it was kind of surprising to me at least kind of how that process goes to dropping off your child to college and really the emotion that rushes you uh, as you do that, especially especially for the first time. So I wanted Amy just to come on and for us to have a conversation. I hope this conversation sounds like we are in the middle of processing kind of what just happened because that's what this is. But we want you all to listen and to learn and to gain wisdom from the things that we did well and the things that we did not (laughs) do well. So Amy, thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited to be here. Um, I love that you uh, definitely put out there that we are not experts. We have not gotten through that at all. We are um, not only just, you know, we're not even in the middle of this yet. We are, you know, several days out with lots of emotions and, um, lots of feelings and lots of questions. So um, it, it is definitely, I think we're about three days ahead of you and Roosevelt, Jason mm-hmm. and I. And um, so I think that that might be, you know, I can tell with every day um, that it gets a little better. But like you said, I think we were really surprised at the emotions that we felt um, and that maybe we weren't fully prepared for Um, Mm -hmm. but I think for us, as we continue every day and kind of maybe as it becomes a new normal, um, we are understanding what our house feels like and looks like, and we're becoming more comfortable with that. And then as we hear from Silas, we are getting reassurance of some of these things that maybe we've put into place and talked about and planned for are beginning to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think. So we are beginning to feel better. It is just feels still weird. You know, it's very different. There is a loss in our home that is, that's probably what we didn't realize. So much as that it's hard to even have like a meal now with just four Mm. or to do some of our normal things that we do every single week because it feels so different to have the fifth person not there. Right. And, and, and we both talked about the fact that we, we did spend, we did know that this was going to happen. Like we truly, truly, truly were aware. Senior year was last year. Um, COVID happened that turned around our senior year. We both talked a lot about the end of the senior year and 
although we don't wish this um, pandemic and, and the sickness and the virus on anyone, but what it did do was give us this gift that the second half of our children, their senior year, they were at home with us every day. Absolutely. So we got, we kind of feel like we got more time, you know, with, with our kids and we use that time. We had lots of conversations. Um, we, you know, we talked a lot about our belief systems, you know, with our, with our kids. And we shared all of this great wisdom and imparted things over their life, prayed with them, um, those types of things. So we got like this great time with them and we knew that this time was coming. We really did. And we were preparing our children, but Amy, you and Jason sent me a text right after you all <laughs> dropped off Silas and said, you need to be prepared for the shock of just literally leaving your child there. And when it got to that moment of, okay, we're about to leave, we could also tell that Naomi realized we were about to leave as well. Right. So there was some emotion on her part. So we were trying to keep it together, Roosevelt and I, in front of her, because the last thing we wanted to do is to um, make her think that we were scared that she wasn't ready. We totally right. think she's ready, you know, and you all totally think Silas is ready for this. Um, but there was just like, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this <laughs> what parenting drives up to? That right. you leave the kid there and you actually drive away in well, the car. And what happened to us, which is so funny, is we drove away. We're all a wreck. We had Henry with us, who is very sensitive, emotional, younger brother. Um, we're all, it's a disaster. And we get on the highway and we look in the back seat and he, we forgot to give him something we had bought him at the store, like a chair. So it wasn't like a small, a pack of gum that I could right. make, you know? So we had to turn around and go back and do it all again. And I had to leave Jason in the car because I just said, we can't do this. We, I'm the one who's composed. We will get out. We're going to act like this isn't a big deal. He knew we were all a wreck. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I kept, you know, what I kept trying to say to Silas is because we couldn't control our emotions and we couldn't keep it in. It was more, um, we are so proud of you. This, this is, and he knows we're so excited, but that's the emotion is, mm -hmm. is that he's part of our family. And, um, I don't, I don't think, I think how we phrased everything, he never questioned that we were worried about him um or concerned about anything but truly we will miss him and miss his role in our family mm -hmm. um but when we looked in that back seat and I said oh no we got to go back I mean <laughs> Jason was thrilled <laughs> and then we kind of stood outside for a few minutes and watched like oh my gosh look he's talking to somebody new I wonder mm -hmm. if they're you know so yeah. that was kind of fun. We yeah. might have circled the block a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> fun. We didn't do that. We should have done that. <laughs> um, but I have to, I have to say, when you say, you know, we got a really good gift with COVID. I think also we have to remember um, that coming home in COVID also makes this very different. A lot of people had said, if it's possible, 
you and Jason should drop them off and then go somewhere and get away because it's really tough. And I never, never fully understood that. And going to Norman, Oklahoma, there's not like a great place to like get away to, you know, like Mm -hmm. that would be a fun, exotic place um, for us for a couple of days. But, but with COVID, we, we're, we couldn't do that. And with COVID, you come home and you're, you're not as busy you're not as distracted. You are just back home. And it, I think it's even harder in this time frame because normally we would come back. I'd have my other kids in school. We would be running carpools for tennis and soccer and drumline and all. And we're not doing that. Right. And so we're coming back home, not as busy. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that really doesn't help get you through this. It kind of, if you let it, it will keep you in the pain longer. Yes. Yes. And and we talked about this, Amy, before we had, we're having this conversation on the show that we really want, we want to be transparent. And one of the things you texted me and said, how are you doing? It was maybe the day after. And I was very honest in saying, I really don't want to talk. Like I I am sad and I don't want to talk. However, I know that I should talk because I can see that I can already tell that this is like grief. Like you are, you're grieving and um, I'm trying to figure out, okay, is this, you know, we don't want to get into depression, but I feel like this is the first, these are the first stages. And I also feel like people probably don't talk about this as much. Um, and so we, so I say this to thank you for reaching out to me and saying, you know, how are you feeling? And both of us where we have learned in our past that it is very important to talk, to have community, to have friends, because like you said, we may not be able to rush out and do something. We tried to do something simple. Like we went to dinner and Roosevelt totally said party of four instead of party of three. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> they brought us four menus and four glasses of water and four. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is just like steak through the heart. I mean, like, <laughs> wow. You just so, have to sit there and look at that water glass. Now. Exactly. Exactly. So we both laughed and we were like, okay, here's our first, right. <laughs> our first <laughs> attempt at party of three. <laughs> We're sitting at a table for four, but, um, you know, those are the things that I think that we need to talk through and we need to be okay with saying this is incredibly sad and it's overwhelming. And, and, and I am, I am going through the stages of grief, I guess. You and I talked about this, but I think what a, a really, for anyone who is Um, about to do this in the next couple of weeks or in the next couple of years. What I would say is number one, learn to communicate and feel comfortable with communicating Mm -hmm. and, and a community. Um, So we have all in our past been burned probably with people that we've opened up to and we've learned who we can and who we can't Mm -hmm. start looking now and make sure your community is intact that you have, um, and I would say this, you know, this is something that we have been told for years, even just with our kids, this is something that you talk, you know, who is it? Who is that friend that you can trust? Who is that 
um, person at, that believes the same way you do. So for me, it's who is at my church that I'm really comfortable with opening up to um, for advice. And then who, who do I have in my repertoire? Who could I go to as a counselor? Who do I then trust? Who can I find that out? Who is a mentor? And these are things we ask our kids all the time um, because our church has preached this forever. Make sure you have these. And it's not just for our kids. It's for us. Mm-hmm. So that would be the number one piece of advice that who, who can you reach out to now who's gone through this and then who will you be ready to open up to? Who can you feel comfortable being honest with that you know will support you and love you however it comes out and sounds silly or, you know, because it, it is a huge loss and you need people who get it. Because right. if you haven't done it yet, you don't get It's like childbirth. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, you don't get it. You can try to support and love and say, oh, I'm sure it's awful. But, you know, it, you know, this pain is pretty unique and you need a, a team around you. And it could be one or two. And, you know, you might be lucky enough that it's three or four. But who can you get into place for this, which will only lead to being in place for everything else in your life? Right. Right. I, I love that because I think, you know, we always have to we always have to give people permission to feel like you feel and and you have to have people in your life that it's OK for you to be honest and open with them with saying I'm grieving like yeah. this. This is this is, you know, very difficult and more difficult than than what I thought. And, um, you know, I was just thinking the other thing is um, just being okay with yourself and being, you know, loving and patient. And it's okay to be at a point where you're not, you're not okay. You know, Um, it doesn't mean that you're not a great parent. It doesn't mean that you're not a strong person. Um, I think, and, and at least, especially on, you know, Instagram and everything, we're only going to post the smiley picture. And so (laughs) you're not, the Instagram post is not going to show you like the backstory, the real thing, the real thing that you really, that you really are, are feeling, you know, in the moment. I wish Um, you would, but that's not what most people, you know, and so you don't, you don't realize what people's real emotions are. Right. Right. Quite. You question your own. Right. Right. Have you all, decided to do anything different have you because of course you said it's only been a couple of days it's been a couple of days for you all it's been maybe two or three for us um and and some you know you may think well I gotta keep it the same for the rest of the kids or are you all feeling like no we're going to do some things different well that We have a couple of traditions in our house. We do waffles every Saturday morning. We sit around the table. We do waffles. We catch up from the week, what we've missed. And this week, that was just too much for Jason. He couldn't Mm -hmm. sit Saturday with that, you know. So we ended up just kind of having a little bit different day. And um, this morning we talked about our Saturday and Sundays are really pretty ritualistic. We do the same thing. 
um, and very family oriented. And it was too much for Jason this weekend. But this morning, and that was great. So we got out, we did totally different stuff. We laughed mm-hmm. and we, and it was easier because we weren't stuck in this household again, because COVID makes it different. So, you know, we're not going out to church. We're not, you know, it's just our normal routines look a little different. So we did some different things, but then we also are being very aware of our other kids. Like Mm -hmm. that is what our family does. So I, we, Jason and I talked about it this morning and I was like, we got to get back to that because we can't change everything and, and, or, I feel like the rest of the family is going to think we only did it for now. And now it's all broken up. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, we are still a family of four awesome people and we need to keep doing our same stuff. I can see where some things will change a little, but the stuff that we're known for that's that can't change, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that, because I think our family thrives on consistency And that, and I think kids thrive in that. And that's where we are the healthiest. Absolutely. Kids and especially teenagers. Right. You know, they, they thrive on that. They know what's coming up. Um, We have checked on each other more often since we took Naomi to Nacogdoches than we ever have. Like we are very aware of how everyone's feeling, asking questions, just checking in with each other you know, making sure again, that we're doing those things, eating dinner together, going on the walks together, those types of things, because some, some of our going on walks when COVID started, we were all going on together and then everybody kind of got on their own rhythm. So everybody's doing their own thing. That's all come back together. We thought we need to get back, like you said, to this family unit and, and making sure that everybody's okay and good and thriving with right. how it is. And so we, we did, we did, we get, got back to those, our ritual things that, that we always do. Well, and even last night after dinner, we had all eaten and I had made this pasta that Henry and Silas love. And uh-huh. Henry said, thank you for making it. Even though Silas wasn't here, he goes, the, and I was uh-huh. like, well, of course I'm not going to stop yeah. making food that, you know, <laughs> and he said, I, this has been so hard, but I, I really feel good about it now. And I re- I'm getting used to him not being here and because it feels, this is, this is how we do things. So I was like, okay, you know, like we are going to keep all of our, how we eat dinner, how we sit at dinner, how mm-hmm. we, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do, I can see that my boys, you know, are moving along better than Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. We did the same thing. So last night I did the meatloaf that the kids both love, but I made Roosevelt, my son Roosevelt, his own special meatloaf. So he was like, oh, you made me my, I said, yes, I made this one just for you. Daddy and I are going to eat off of this other meatloaf. And so he was like (laughs) completely over the moon. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that they need to also feel special. Yes. You know, the yes. focus has been so much on these first ones and getting them off. And what, I mean, at some point, I think with all grief, I mean, that that's what this is. And I, I don't mean, you know, to belabor that or make it to it, but it truly is. So if you look at that, um, you know, just, I mean, we definitely were in denial and we're getting, you know, and you can see all of these stages, but I think it's really important to recognize to these other ones that are at home yes. um, 
and make them feel just as important and kind of, you know, turn our focus as they begin school and they begin their activities and um, make it as normal as possible for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break. When we get back, I want to um, want us to talk about some things that have helped us feel better, you okay. know, in, in, in this transition. So we'll be right back. Every Heart, Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. We're having a very important conversation with Amy Bales. Amy is a friend of mine. She's a friend of the show. Uh, she is a mom of three boys, wife to Jason Bales. And Amy and I have both gone through a shared experience. We just dropped off our firstborn at college, um, Amy and Jason took Silas to Norman, Oklahoma, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the happening place of Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> we took Naomi to the very happening place of Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> so our kids are going to have a great time and they're so prepared for this. And um, they're, they're doing well. They're excited. But we wanted to kind of have a processing conversation on the radio show to strip open the veil so everyone can kind of be more prepared when you get to um, this space. Even if your children are little and everybody says when they're little, love them, make sure you hug them every day, several times a day, because, you know, everything goes so fast. You process that and everything does go so fast. But um, that final dropping them off at college and leaving and driving away is it. It, it, it hits you. Um, right. So we really want to we really want to talk about this and just kind of give you our thoughts and give you our process and give you any tips that we have learned over the last couple of days. Um, one of the things that really helped us the night that we got back, we asked Naomi to we made a plan. We asked Naomi to FaceTime us because we wanted to just to see her one more time, you know, just to make sure that she didn't have any apprehensions, that she was settled, that she didn't have a whole bunch of nervous uh, feelings or jittery feelings. And it really brought us a bunch of joy and peace. And we were able to sleep that first night because when she FaceTimed us, she was eating her uh, ramen noodles, which we told her all of these stories about how you go to college and how you eat your noodles, you know, at night, right before you go to bed, or right as you're studying. And so she was so excited. She was like, I'm here. I'm eating my noodles. And she, <laughs> right. <laughs> she was, uh, she had gone through her dorm orientation and she had met a lot of other freshmen, uh, all of the freshmen in her dorm and more in other dorms. And she made, plans for lunch the next day to eat with some people. And that honestly, we were so relieved, you know, 
we were nervous that whole time, but we were so relieved and we were able to calm down and, and go to sleep. And so Amy, how was you all's first night? Did you make that plan? Did you have the FaceTime call? We did not. And so I love hearing that story because we have the opposite story and we just did, we didn't make a plan. And I think Again, if you're looking at, okay, what should I be doing to, for me on this end to get through this? And, you know, we talked about community and now I would say is to kind of think through this a little bit more and think through what will give you peace that night. And we were just kind of all over the map. And Jason kind of made this statement at one point, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. You know, when I was in college, you know, we call, I only talked to my parents on Sundays and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this isn't the best plan. This isn't going to work. And it didn't, it was a disaster, you know? And so I would encourage people to kind of think about what that first day, that first 24 hours. So maybe they don't have the meeting or maybe you can't talk to them that night, but when can you? And Mm -hmm. go ahead and just touch base. And I would say, keep things pretty normal. I mean, if you have a really great communicating system working at home and y'all communicate really well, I don't think that has to change. I don't think that you need to be on the phone with them all day, every day, but I think touch and base and um, finding those moments where you can FaceTime with them. And you and I kind of talked about what a blessing as much as we all, you know, hate certain things about technology Mm -hmm. in this time, we are blessed by the ways that we get to communicate. We can you know, if you just need something little and a little pick me up, a quick text might come in, we can FaceTime, we can talk. I mean, there's so many more ways to do this than when, you know, any other generation went to college. Right. Um, But I, I, so I really do think anything that's worth doing has to have a plan. And so I think to do this right, I will say, because we did not have the right plan on that part. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a friend of mine also told me that they still text in the family text thread. So they still do all of their texts in there. And she says that it just brings such a huge smile in her face when her son, who is at uh, in Lubbock, Texas, when he texts back, she said he doesn't, of course, he doesn't text back all the time, right. but he, he'll text something funny every now and then. Um, as you know, as a result to something that they're, they're texting at home and every, like she said, it's just the, the life of the party. So when everybody gets home around the dinner table, they can't wait to talk about the funny thing that he put in the text, you know? And so she was like, still texting that text thread, even though Naomi isn't here and she won't be texting back every day, you know, of course, but you know, it will, it will, bring some joy when she does. And, you know, you'll be excited that she, and um, she said she's still informed about what you all are doing as a family because you know she's reading it even though she isn't. And you're still a family. You're right. still, you know, ours is called Fam Squad, and we're not mm-hmm. going to knock him out because he's not here. Right. We're still going to put stuff in there, um, and so you just, you know, you don't want any of that to think, oh, well, now we separate it all. You know, no. right, like, right. This is, might look a little different, feel a little different, but I I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And so I know also for both of us, scripture, reading scripture, we talked about this scripture and 
continuing with your, your quiet time with the Lord and continue to search scripture because there is something in the word of God that applies to every area of your life. You know, you just have to dig into it. And you feel really feel like the Lord led you to a certain scripture that really brought you a bunch of comfort. It did. And so when we were talking about this show, you know, I just, I, I really focused my quiet time on, you know, just asking the Lord to show me, um, you know, just to really bless the conversation, bless my thoughts so that I knew what he wanted to be shared. And so um, yesterday I just sat down and um, I just kept hearing Matthew 10, Matthew 10 in my head. And so I was like, okay, God, you know, and I turned to Matthew 10 and it's where Jesus sends out the 12. And when I read through it, I was like, this is Jesus doing the exact same thing that we are going through. And mm-hmm. it was just, I mean, like I, I said to you, I feel so honored that God would open this up. I've never read it that way, but he's, you know, these are the 12 disciples who he taught, who he led, who he's you know, really poured into their development and their maturity and, and who they are going to be and go out and be. And he sends them off. It is, it is the closest I think that we have to him sending off children to college or to Mm -hmm. the world, how, whatever that piece is in your life. Um, and it's just amazing. And if you read through it, And look, you know, he empowers them in the very beginning, like, this is your purpose. This is who you're going to be. I am giving you authority to rule out demons and to heal people. And I think we, if you just go line by line, these are the things that we are doing for our kids and we are empowering them. And that's what you and I have talked about over the last few years, what we're doing to get them ready for college. So you empower them and, um, And it just goes on to talk about, don't go here, to guard your heart, to go, you know, it's all those things, all those warnings, all those things that as moms, especially as in as parents that we just feel nudged, like to teach our kids and to guide them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really loved at the very end of of Matthew 10 is it talks about welcoming, you know, whoever welcomes you is going to welcome me. And this is Jesus talking. And it talks about, you know, Um, The last verse just says, and if anyone even gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. And I just, you know, I keep thinking, what if we were teaching our kids to welcome each other, to welcome those to in the name of Jesus, meaning in a kind way, in a loving way, in a really open way to accept these new people. What would these dorms look like? What would the floors here, how the kids that are super lonely, how good would they feel if that's what we were sending everyone out with? And so I just, I loved rereading Matthew 10 and I would, um, charge anyone listening to flip through that and really look through it it, through the eyes of Jesus sending his children, his disciples, the one that he has been teaching and loving and guiding just as we have out and how, how, um, just how that happens and how he does it in the way and what he feels like is important. And I think it's really important to see that he empowered them and gave them authority and told them who they were and what they could be in charge of. That was the very first thing. And I think for our kids, 
That's what we need to do with them. Make sure we are empowering them. And you have to know your kids to do that. You have to mm-hmm. know their gifts and their talents and see their strengths. And um, so this, this was enlightening to me. And mm-hmm. I love that, that I, you know, the Lord brought me to that. Yeah. And, and you know what, I really feel like I should say this. I, I hadn't planned to say this, but if you're listening and you feel like, okay, I am not an expert in scripture and I'm not equipped you know, to, I'm not the one equipped to teach my children and, and, and get them to this point to open the Bible and teach them these things, um, that, that the Lord just really led Amy to. I want to encourage you that you are, you are empowered to do so. When the Lord gave you children, then he gave you the boldness and the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit that you need to get your children ready, you know, to the point. And so it's not too late. If your children are, if you have littles, start now. If you have middle schoolers, start now. If you have high schoolers, if your child is in the last year of high school, so you have a senior, perfect. You have a year, start now, you know, and, and you, you can do the same thing. You can uh, speak over your children, speak to them, who they are, the things that they do great, that the Lord loves them and that you love them unconditionally. And you can empower them and just tell them that, just keep telling them you're ready. You're mature enough. You're ready to make decisions. You can do this. You can stand on your own two feet. You can not bow down to peer pressure. You can be exactly who you've called, exactly who God has called you to be. One of the things that Roosevelt did, he really let the charge on this. And it was hard for me as mom, because I want to make all the decisions. But when we got there to drop Naomi off, he said, listen, you're making all the decisions this weekend. Tell us what time we need to take you to the school, what time, you know, when we need to get you to the store to buy things, you know, um, and we'll follow you in your car. And of course, she doesn't know her way around Nacogdoches. And so she was like, wait, you want me to lead? And he kept saying, you're ready. You you have GPS on your phone, just like we do. You're going to do the same things we we're going to do. We don't know Nacogdoches either, you know? And so he really led the charge on that. And we followed her in our truck. And uh, she and, and Roosevelt were in her car. And she navigated us around. And then she learned it. After a while, she was like, okay, I know which way Walmart is. You know, I know which way, you know, IHOP is. You know, those things that right. she cares about. You know, yes. Yeah. So she learned it. And, and those are the things, those little things that we're probably too scared to do. I was, I was thinking, no, we can't follow her, but I didn't say anything. Right. You know, Roosevelt really let the charge. And he was like, no, you got to make the decisions this weekend. Which I would say, um, I am so grateful for when Silas was probably in sixth grade, I heard someone talk to that and they were talking in reference of just family dynamics and how kids um, get into maybe are swayed into um, drugs and alcohol because they haven't been given enough adult responsibility. And that's what this age kids are craving and seeking. Mm -hmm. And so he had said, I don't care how old your kids are, start what's appropriate, start giving them these adult responsibilities now. And so that's exactly what that is. I mean, though that, and so that was perfect for that day. Mm -hmm. And there are other things that all of us who have elementary, middle school and high school kids, but when you're responsible for something, you treat it totally different. And 
I'll never forget. And probably Naomi was so proud of herself. That's what that does. Mm -hmm. You know, when my kids have done something adult, like when Silas coached tennis and got a check for the very first time in seventh grade, I have a picture of him, you know, just smiling huge and waving the check and that just the pride. And that's where they get that, you know, that's where they have to have these experiences or how do they become an adult? You know, I would add that to the list of what we're saying, getting, if we are allowing our kids to do that, it helps prepare us for this transition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and adding with that, you know, we said teaching them, you said this, teaching them how to build a community, giving them those types of tools to be able to feel comfortable reaching out to people, making a plan with people, you know, going up, introducing themselves and listening to someone else, making, making a friend, because this is the time for that. I mean, when we were there at the school, everyone's smiling, everyone's waiting for you to say something, you know, introduce yourself because everybody wants and needs this this sense of community. They need a new sense of community. Everyone's new, you know? And so so ahead of time, we have to be teaching our kids how to do that. They have mm -hmm. to see us introduce ourselves. They have to see us jump into uncomfortable communities also Mm -hmm. um, so that they will have, you know, one of the things that I pray for Silas is just to have the confidence to do some of these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. One of one of the things that I um that the Lord led me to was Psalm one twenty seven starts in three. It says, "Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth." And I really feel like the Lord has been leading us in these scriptures, and leading us in the fact that we really are going to be sending out these young people from our, (laughs) from our homes. And that really is the point. And that is, um, it, it, you know, it, that is good parenting to equip them at home and send them out. And maybe we might have that feeling of, we want to keep them close, you know, and, but I feel like it's okay to fight that and go ahead and equip them and name them and, and go ahead and, and send them out. What do you think, Amy? No, I do. And I think that, um, I think it's hard and I think we're hesitant sometimes. I think we're scared. Mm-hmm. And I think thankfully, because, and I, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a Bible teacher and I'm not a scholar of the scriptures, but the Lord has been very good to lead me to scripture that has, that comforts me or guides me or leads me like the Matthew 10, or just, I think sometimes when we're not ready to send them out, it's because we're full of fear and Mm -hmm. we cannot live in fear. If we live in the Lord and we love the Lord and we trust the Lord, we have to let fear go away. And I think one of the things that happens in parenting is that we are, we get fearful. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's because we want to control and we want it all to work out. But I will say COVID showed me that these, this age kid does not need to be in our house forever. And obviously there could be situations where they have to come back, but these kids are ready. God made them to 
for us to help develop and for them, they are ready to go. And we Mm -hmm. can't, we can't squash that. We can't hold that back. We have to give them that freedom um, because I think COVID has, is, poured more fear into all of us. There are, there are some challenges, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and our, and maybe not COVID as much as, you know, just how we are presented with a lot of information about mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think for me, we have to let them go. And a lot of times that is fighting, living in fear. Mm-hmm. I think also for me personally, one of mission trips also teaches me this, but COVID, I don't know, I guess got me, got me on a whole different level about, you know, you are not in control like that. Oh my goodness. Like how many times does the Lord have to tell us that? And how many times does he have to teach us? But we have survived without being in control of this thing. You know, um, our families have continued to grow. Everything looks different. We've changed so many things. Everything is turned around, but we've continued to, um, you know, we've, we've even continued with church, even though we're not in the building yet, you know, we've been able to get together and sit down in the living room and still go to church. Like we've continued with these things, uh, that always move us forward and that always keep our spiritual life growing, that keep us moving closer to the Lord, that keep us um, becoming more deeply devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We've continued with those things, even though we've got this huge thing out there that we are not in control of. And I don't know why I need the Lord to keep teaching me that, but he, <laughs> he keeps teaching me. And, and that's one of the things that I have learned in, in this process. I think I, I probably would have more fear surrounding um, my daughter's safety. Would have I not lived, you know, a couple of months through this and seen the Lord just cover us and, and cover um, our extended family, even those that I know that, that, you know, came in contact with the virus, the Lord was really good to them. You know, they are, you know, recovered and, and well, and I just think, you know, that could have gone a different way. So I'm, I'm very thankful for the blessing of learning how to live without being in control and seeing my child, you know, and so every what's day. awesome about that is that's exactly what Silas and Naomi have needed to watch before college. Mm-hmm. So they needed to see us stick it out, be strong and continue in the things that were important. So yes, we couldn't go to church. And so, but look, this is how we do church. Now right. we, we can't go to the gym and exercise, but so this is how we're going to do our exercise. Now we're going to ride bikes more. We're going to go walking. We're going to zoom call these different things. They, and that I think is such a gift because they watched it firsthand for us to choose some of these you know, things, they got to watch us keep our priorities and intact. Why? And now that's what they're doing. They have gone Mm -hmm. into this new kind of crazy environment and Mm -hmm. they, and it's not their normal church or their normal school or their nor. and they have to make it work and they have to um, figure out what the day is going to be like. How am Mm -hmm. I going to eat good today? And where am I going to go eat? And and it, everything looks different. And now they have just come from this firsthand, you know, getting to watch us navigate something totally new and different. So what right. a gift is that? 
Right. And we've all right. made mistakes during it, and they right. will make mistakes too. But you know what? I mean, we they gave us grace when we made you know didn't wear the mask the right way or right, right. Or whatever, and we worked through it. And and that's a great way for them to start off school is having just seen us troubleshoot some really big things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Well, well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us on this conversation. Uh, we want to leave you with Proverbs 22 and six. It says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And that's what we are praying over Silas and Naomi and all of our young people. Well, everyone, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Go to loveministriesbills.org. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, we'll see you next week. And you did great. That's big. 